Well, we are in a series called Circles of Influence, where each summer around this time, we invite a group of guest speakers to come and open up God's Word and share a little bit of their story with us because they influence us. They influence our thinking. They influence us as a church. And over recent months, we've had Coach Wayne Gordon, Noel Castellanos, and even just last Sunday with Arloa Sutter. All of these people have influenced the work we do, the ministry that we have here in DuPage County and along North Avenue and right here on this piece of land, but also around the world. So with this week, we've invited Leroy Barber to come. Leroy has dedicated more than 20 years of his life to a handful of things, eradicating poverty, confronting homelessness, restoring local neighborhoods, and healing racism. A number of weeks ago, as I sat in front of my television and watched the news unfold of the racially motivated, tragic church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina, I struggled to find words to express how I felt in that moment. And then comes to my attention a liturgy, a liturgy that we shared during our worship service immediately following that shooting. Well, that liturgy was written in part by Leroy Barber and his pastor, Rick McKinley. And we're grateful for those words. Leroy is currently the global executive director of Word Made Flesh, which is an international organization designed to impact and bring relief to the poor and at the same time reconcile the church to that same work. Leroy wrote a book that has forever impacted the way I lead and the way I influence others to lead. And so we've invited him to come and share. And this morning, this service, his wife Donna is with him. Is that true? Hi. We're glad you're here as well. So will you help me welcome pastor, author, and world changer, Leroy Barber. Good morning. Oh, come on. Now. Good morning. Good morning. That's a little bit better. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Well, it's so good to be here, uh, and um, really, really good to be fellowshipping and worshiping with the church this morning. Staff of this church is phenomenal, and they've been incredibly hospitable. We're just thankful for that, uh, and um, just glad to be in Chicago. And I didn't say this to the other services, but, you know, Dave gets on me because I'm a Cowboys fan, but, you know, we'll... I didn't say that the other two services because I wanted to finish today. So, um, I uh, I have a couple of ground rules. All right, listen attentively. First one is, I grew up uh, in a Baptist church, and uh, was ordained as a Baptist and a, a black Baptist church. Let me let me let me uh, qualify that a little bit. So what I need is for you to say. Uh, amen. 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 They, this is a, this is a, this is this is talk back, right? This is give and take, you know, call and response, right? So so I need a little bit of that, all right? 
uh, first thing. The second thing goes along with it. It's if you don't say amen, I don't think you get it, and so I just got to keep going <laughs> until, you know, I think it's, it, you're getting it a little bit, right? So, um, there you go, there you go. Smart folks in here. And uh, so, and we don't have another service, so. <laughs> Black Baptist preacher, need some amens, but don't get any. Three o'clock, four o'clock. <laughs> Keep them amens afloat. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, time to worship you. We thank you for uh, this worship team and the gifts uh, that they have brought this morning to lead us into your presence. And we pray that that worship is acceptable to you. We thank you, God, for the leadership of this church, and we pray that you would give them wisdom um, as they lead. Uh, we thank you for uh, this part of the kingdom, and we pray, God, that uh, you would uh, be with this church as, uh, God, we look at your word this morning and apply it to the work in this place. In Christ's name, amen. All right, let's, uh, let's read here a little bit of scripture this morning from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Perithians and Medes, Emilites, residents of Mesotopia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of our God in our own tongues. Amazing and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Somehow were made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. I promise I haven't been drinking this morning. I'm going <laughs> to preach the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen? So we pick up the story here in Acts, right? And uh, this is... Pentecost, what we, we know as Pentecost, where the Spirit of the Lord is unleashed, right? Uh, and when the Spirit of the Lord is unleashed in this, you know, uh, the disciples are there, there's other folks in this room, and the Spirit of the Lord comes, um, you know, the crowds of people around, they begin to hear a message in their own tongue, right? They, uh, for the first time, 
was somehow connected in a way that they had never been before. All right? They were hearing something together and were wondering what this means, right? And uh, uh, as the spirit took over the moment, uh, the question, what does, it, what does this mean? How are we hearing this together? Also, there was this idea of something of, a, of what, it, what do we do with this? Like this mission emerging as well. Now, we, we, we know the lead up to this story, right? That, that, that Jesus is resurrected from the dead and uh, guarantees a forgiveness of our sin, right? Uh, and uh, what we celebrate is that Jesus did exactly, right, what he said he was going to do. Amen? Right, like, like, right? That's worthy of celebration, right? That he did exactly down to the word on the cross it says he said certain things so that the scriptures might be fulfilled right like no doubt right that that Jesus was raised from the dead uh, he got up from that grave and Mary was a witness, right? As he dried her tears that morning, right? She comes to, to the tomb weeping. The angel appears and says, oh, Mary, you have no reason to cry, right? He is not here, right? He is risen, right? Uh, y- y- you know, you can say amen on those parts. That's just, that's just good stuff, right? I didn't make that up. That's, that's, that's out of here, man. So, so the scriptures declares even Jesus the firstborn of the dead, right? That, that here is this life, first life, risen from the dead, right? Some of us have come along that line, right? You and I are in the line of people who have been risen from the dead, right? So, uh, so uh, I got a little more time. I'm, y'all, I'm gonna get a little excited up here, man. Y'all gotta come on now. Uh, so, 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 uh, so uh, Mary, you know, uh, is healed in, the, you know, she's healed a long time ago, but sealed in this moment of resurrection, right? Uh, uh, there's, there's, after this resurrection, there's a doubter, right? There's, there's a guy who says, hey, uh, uh, I need to put my, I need to put my fingers through those, those nail holes and see that touch that, that's, uh, that place where the sword went through his side. And Jesus says, okay, Thomas, come on, bro. Like, touch it, right? Put your hands through, right? Like, I mean, that's, I'm going to say a lot of bros and stuff because I see the scriptures as brothers and sisters talking. So, so, so that's, that's kind of where it's, it's, all right, all right. Be good. Be all right with the bros coming out because they're going to flow. So, uh, so, 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 so a doubter, then Peter decides he's going to go back fishing in this space, right? You know, hey, I don't know what's going on, right? I don't know where Jesus is. He keeps disappearing, appearing, like I'm going fishing, right? I'm going back to, know, to something I know how to do. I want control of my life, right? I know how to fish. I'm going to go fish, right? And, apparently, and he didn't catch anything, so how much control he had, but... <laughs> But he goes there, and here comes Jesus walking on the water again, right? Jesus had to walk on the water for you twice, man. What? Right? Like, is it enough that he already walked on the water, right? You're going to go back, and then he comes walking on the water again, man. That is, oh, my gosh, right? 
right? So, 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 uh, so, so, and, and this is after Peter denies, right? Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus ascends, and when he ascends, he says, I'm, I'm going to send the next part, right? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and when the Holy Spirit comes, right, you're going to know, right? 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 Jesus says this as he's going back. Now, as if Jesus wasn't bad enough, right? Like, Jesus, I mean, Jesus died and rose from the dead, right? And then he's ascending. He says, oh, the next part's coming. Right? He's introducing the spirit as he's, as he's ascending, right? And the spirit comes, and the spirit makes us a community instantly. Like, like, right? Like, here's all these folks from, it says, from every nation, right? Under the earth at the time, right? And, and the spirit comes, and they are one. Instant. Right? Like, like. The, the, the mark of the spirit coming was community, right? That in an instant, and they began asking, like, like the spirit transcends the system right away, right? Anything natural, it, it didn't matter at the time, right? Like, like, okay, naturally, if you speak English and I speak Spanish, like, you talk, I don't know what you're saying, Right? Right? Like, that's natural, but the spirit wasn't, wasn't bound to the natural. And when the spirit came, they heard in their own tongues. This system meant nothing to the spirit of God, right? Uh, and, and they began hearing these things, right? And, and this spirit, this is the thing that drives some of our faith. This is, this, is what, this is what deepens and gives us deeper reason to serve, right? This is what puts persecution into perspective. This is what, what lets us know that our suffering isn't in vain, right? This, is the, the, this is, lets us know that, that, that in this suffering, move, immovable things can be moved, right? That, that, that this is the spirit. Peter, Peter, right? The dude who went back fishing starts preaching 3,000 people, right? 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 Calm, right? Uh, uh, they were making Jesus known. And as a community, this was happening. See, see, the full image of God, right, began to be seen in their diversity. See, that's what, that's what diversity, like, that's what diversity represents. The full image of God. There was something about this diverse community. And uh, so, so those around, they had to name these folks, right? Like, they had to name this thing. Who, what, what is this? We got to name it. And the, why, why did they have to name it? Because it couldn't be defined in the natural terms in which people were normally defined, right? That it had to get this it had to get this name. So uh, here, <coughs> here are some of the markers, right, that, that uh, 
Community uh, was a different way for them to live, right? Community, uh, they began to take their orders from on high, right from God. And they were called a holy community, a peculiar community, a justice-oriented community, a community of peace, a community of grace, a community of hope, right? right? A worshiping community. Some call them a sacred community, a community known and being known by its love and its joy and its peace, its goodness, right? It's long-suffering, a community that now understood that they, what it meant to walk through the valleys of the shadow of death with hope, right? Communities who feasted in the presence of their enemies at tables prepared for God himself, right? This is what we enter. This was established by God the Father, the Son, and now being sealed and invited by the Holy Spirit. And they had to identify these folks, right? Because there wasn't the usual identification. They couldn't use race because they were from all over the place, right? They could, like, like they looked different. They, they couldn't use geography. They couldn't call them, you know, Chicagoans or Texans or Philadelphia. Like, like they were from everywhere. We can't, we can't narrow them down to that. They were male and female, right? They were old and young. They were, they were slave and free, right? Who are these people, right? And the scripture says that they were called Christians at Antioch, right? Because they invited in everyone. See, the marker, the marker of the church was their diversity. And what, see, 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 you and I have gotten the wrong message about this. Diversity isn't about some political correctness. Right? It's not about you having the right person in the right place. It's not about some token deal. It's not like God didn't have different people there so he could look good, right? It was the heart of the Creator. The Holy Spirit comes, the third person in the Trinity makes his impact. And when his impact is made, everyone is at the table. You and I, you and I have been told, been told a bunch of garbage, like diversity is some side issue or it's an add-on or some political thing. No, 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 no. This is the heart of God. And this is the identifier for those who love God. They were called Christians at Antioch, right? And uh, uh, they, they became connected with one another in a, in a deep way, right? Uh, we used to call it, back in, the, back in the neighborhood where I grew up in Philly, you know, um, uh, you had a group of bu- buddies, right? They were your boys, right? And your boys had to be down with you, right, at all times. Sometimes good, many times not, right? Like, like... <laughs> But whatever we're about to get into, like, dude, are you with me? Right? This idea, like, like whatever we go through, we're in this thing. Right? This is what the early church did. Right? They 
they came together for one another based on their identification with Christ only. Right. And 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 what it drew them to is they start selling their stuff for one another. Right. Uh, are they like like the Holy Spirit kills individualism and radicalizes hospitality and community. And so much so they start selling their stuff because my brother or sister not eating. Oh, well, there goes this because they need to eat. And I am with them based on the cross. And across only. Right? This was radical behavior. This is how you and I got the gospel to us. This was the establishment of the church. Not black church, Asian church, Hispanic church, white church. That, what, that, what, that didn't exist. It was the church of Jesus Christ. Those who followed him into this radical lifestyle. There were people at Pentecost in that moment who came there who never went back home. They didn't go back to families. They couldn't. They were thrown out. They were beaten. They were killed. And so Christians would bring each other in, right? This is where hospitality got the word. Like, this is where it was radicalized wasn't just about who looked like me and who I like to be around. It was, you name the name of Christ, then we are in this thing together. See, I, 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 come, from, I, come, I come from Baptist tradition, right? And uh, unfortunately, the church is not known for its togetherness, right? You know, we got First Baptist, Second Baptist, my sister's Baptist, Auntie, my Auntie Jean's Baptist, right? <laughs> We're not, known. We're not known for this, this radical move of the church. Oneness, unity, right? right? Like sacrifice. That's not what we're known for. So I want to read, read a little, read a little uh, scripture here because I, um, I think we need to kind of see how that played out for them. Right? I think we need to see kind of the practicals of it as well, not just kind of the here is the idea, uh, but we have epistles that gives us, gives us some of the practical, right? And this one in particular, this book of Philemon, right? It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always think of my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is, as none, it is as none other than Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus who became my son while I was in chains. 
Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him uh, with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent. So that any favor you do would, would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer a slave, but better than a slave and a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you, from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. One more thing. Prepare a room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Oh, man. So, so look at this. If you look at one side of this story, you got Paul, right, who's murdering Christians, right? Uh, uh, you got Philemon, who's a businessman, uh, wealthy, uh, and uh, he owns people. Onesimus. He owned Onesimus. He was a slave, right? That's one side of the story. But when you flip ahead in the story, right, then you got Paul, who's now a champion of the gospel, right? Thrown off his horse, and now he is bringing the good news, right? You got Philemon, a wealthy businessman of the time, who now has a church in his house, right? Like, and then you got Onesimus, right, who stole from Philemon, ran away, met Paul, right, came to know the Lord, and then started working the gospel with Paul. He and Paul are now brothers in the Lord. <laughs> that's a messy story, isn't it? Right? That's, that's some messed up stuff. Philemon is sent back to, uh, Onesimus is sent back to Philemon with two letters, right? One uh, could, quite, is the book of Colossians. It's the letter of Colossians right? Uh, which talks about the preeminence of Christ. He's got that letter to deliver, right? That's to the church. That's, that's a whole other sermon, man. That's good stuff right there. Maybe Dave will preach that at some point. The other is this personal letter to, to Philemon about Onesimus. Hey, Onesimus, take these to Philemon. What? <laughs> he owns me, bro. What you talking about? Right? He gets up to Philemon. Philemon reads this like, Paul, what are you talking about, man? This dude stole from me. And here we see the radical nature of the gospel unfold. Right? Paul says, his, this guy was useless. Oh, before we even get to that, the first line of this, right? We talk about the radical nature of the Holy Spirit in diversity. The first line, Paul says, hey, Philemon, Timothy and I, my brother, are writing you this letter, right? Do you know anything about Timothy? Timothy, young man, right, 
uh, biracial kid. His mother was Jewish and his father was Greek, right? That was, that was crazy back then, right? Jews, remember, remember scripture, Jews have nothing to do with Greeks, right? They didn't even talk, go to each other's house, nothing. This is a biracial kid in that space, right? And it says he was raised by his mother and his grandmother and given the gospel. So this dude's dad probably wasn't around, but his mom and his grandmom gave him the gospel. Paul meets him and Paul says, this dude, this dude got something. His mother and grandmom was the bomb because this guy, this guy's on it, right? And I'm going to adopt him as my son in the gospel, right? I mean, look at what the Holy Spirit's already doing, right? Mom, grandma, biracial kid, right? Single home, Paul adopts, like, and now he's writing a letter to Philemon about his former slave. The context of the gospel and all that we are reading here has everything to do with the Spirit's radical call for us to be one, for us to be together. For us to be a community, forget what this world says, we are one. Forget what your political candidate says, we are one. Forget what your money can buy you and afford you, we are one. Forget that you have nothing, we are one. He says, to Onesimus, uh, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that your faith goes deeper in this thing. Now he's talking to a dude who was wealthy, who's now got a church in his house that people from every kind of place are coming in, right? Wealthy people didn't do that. They don't do that now. They didn't do that then for sure, right? Like people wandering, coming into this man's home. He's saying, I'm praying that you go even deeper in Christ. How much deeper you want me to go, man? Right? He says, I'm, I'm praying that your death goes so far that you can see and live out radical forgiveness. Hmm? What are you praying about for one another? Hmm? Praying that you get home safe. Praying that my car don't break down. Pray with my food real quick. God bless you. These folks were praying that they can live out radical forgiveness. I'm praying that you can forgive somebody you owned and who stole from you as now a brother in the Lord. The thing we're following is no joke, is it? The thing we, we sit up and worship about like being a part of God's kingdom and family. This is, not, this is not a play family. This is not the university of Christianity where we just study it and not, not live it out. This is not just to be read and experienced within the walls of, these, of this church. You and I were called into this so that it could be lived out in the messiness of the world so that our relationships can be reconciled and redeemed for the gospel. I'm praying for you 
that your faith might deepen, that you would know the very nature of what it means to live hospitality in a radical way and forgiveness in a radical way. Onesimus is my son. He is useful now. He says, uh, now welcome him. And anything that he owes, uh, you charge it to me. I'll pay you for it. Anything, anything you got against him, you put it on me. And I'll give it to you. Oh, yeah, and by the way, um, I, I introduce you to this gospel. The, 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 the idea here, this nature of who God is and what he has done for us applied in our lives. See, I know, I know there's some grace in this room that has come directly from God. I know you have things you don't deserve. I know you're sitting up here like there is nothing but grace that has you here. And I know you know that. And God knows that. And he's saying, go out into this world, right, and know people and love people based on that truth and that truth alone. Nothing else. For by grace we are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, right? So that no one can boast. No one can can take any claim to anything around salvation. You have zero to stand on. I have zero to stand on. Only grace. Go forth with it into the world. Paul says, I'm confident. I'm confident that you're going to follow this. Why was he so confident? Because he knew, right? He knew this guy's story. He knew where he come from. He knew the forgiveness that he could point to in his own life and says, here's this guy, forgive him based on how you were forgiven. Now treat him the way God treats you. Give him another day over and over and over again. Forgive him over and over and over again. Let him sit in places of worship that he doesn't deserve to sit in, that she don't deserve to sit in, in spite of what they did the day before. Go. Go represent this gospel the way it is represented in your own life. I like the last part. He says, hey, uh, and uh, hey, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> right? <laughs> like he asked him all this stuff and he's like, hey, yeah, man, I'll be, I'll be up to see you soon. Dude, don't come by my house after you're saying all this. <laughs> right? Because I'm going to bring the boys and we're going to be over. We're going to come for a visit. And we want to sit, you know, underlying tone, we want to sit with our boy Onesimus and you at the same table. Huh? Part of you, go forward. 
Go forward, whether it's at your job, whether it's in the, on your block, whether it's in this community, in this neighborhood. Go forward with this radical nature of hospitality and grace as a part of your lives. May God have mercy on us and give us the freedom to live beyond the natural of this world. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you uh, for your radical grace. Amen. For the death of, on the cross. Yes. We thank you for the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you for the call of the Holy Spirit uh, for all of us into a community of oneness. Yes. And we pray that you give us a heart and the boldness to live out that spirit of oneness yes. in this world that's crying for you. Yeah. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. So that's the call and the response. You can sit in this moment and have experienced that word and go unchanged or you can let that sink into the very depths of your heart and your soul and allow it to transform you into a follower of Jesus Christ that makes a difference in the world because of the grace and the mercy and the love that fills you is really and truly meant for the world around you. Will you thank uh, Leroy for me? So uh, the book that I mentioned earlier, um, we had for sale in the first two services, sold out, but we are taking orders for it in the back. Uh, it's a book on leadership, and it's a book on being a light uh, in the midst of a country that's wrestling with some really significant issues. So I would encourage you to read it, because it's really, really good. Uh, will you stand, and we'll pray, and we'll be done this morning. Father, we thank you for this moment in time, this opportunity to reflect on you, to learn from someone else who is influencing our thinking. But more importantly, God, we have heard from you today. And we're grateful for that. So as your church leaves the building today, remind us that we are to be something reflective to the world around us. That we wouldn't have come here and just sung some songs and said a few amens, but we would leave here different, transformed for being in your presence this morning. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you need some extra prayer this morning, there are folks down here that would love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.